Ladies and gentlemen, as a production of River City Media, we now present the three most dangerous men in the Metro Nashville area victory formation with Philip Dye and Arden Scroggins and Jeff Miller. Take it away, guys. Well, we don't live in Metro Nashville area, but thanks for the introduction, Randall. Well, you know, for me, you all live in Nashville. Well, to me, you live in Chattanooga, so I'm not sure what the point is, but anyway, <laughs> we'll go from here. All right, I'm in here today with Geoff Miller and Arden Scroggins. Guys, another wild, wild Saturday, and <laughs> things just keep getting crazier other than the number one spot. Well, we yeah. told him it was coming. We told him that these weeks were coming, and here it is. And yes, here it is. Arden, why don't you take us away, man? Let's talk about some college football today. Sounds good to me. First game we're going to start off with is all them Bearcat fans are mad, saying they're disrespected being undefeated, and struggle to beat Tulsa and get lucky there at the end that Tulsa can't put it in and take take them off the undefeated. Streak, uh, Geoff, I'll start with you. What's your deal on the Bearcats? They did have a big win against Notre Dame, but have been struggling with wins lately. Uh, this is just too many weeks in a row um, that they struggle with teams they should have beat. Uh, Tulsa came into this game uh, three and five. They're they're a losing record uh, team right now. Um, they are still a losing record team, being three and six. Uh, but Cincinnati's just struggled too much. Um, they were outplayed start to finish by Tulsa. Uh, yesterday, and then it's just they 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 don't they don't have the ability to to keep winning these games in the fashion they should. Uh, I think the committee's going to take that note, and you're going to see Cincinnati fall fall down the uh, the list uh, as of today. Phil, what's your opinion, sir? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little bit with him. Uh, their best one of the years against Notre Dame. That was a good win, considering Notre Dame still only lost one game, but. You look at that, who's Notre Dame played this year? So they just don't look good. And for their fans to be mad, well, wham, wham, I don't care. They shouldn't be in now. I thought they should. I would give them the benefit of the doubt. But right now, I would not have Cincinnati in. Although, being undefeated now with everything that happened, it might not surprise me if they jumped to top four. And, and their, fan, their fans should be mad. They, they should be absolutely outrageous at, at, at everything that they're not which is the team and the coaching. That's the problem right now. It's not getting done, and they shouldn't be mad at anybody else but that team. Well, there's several fan bases around that should be mad, and I'm sure we're about to get to some of those. I think you're right. Well, here we go. The next one, you talk about undefeated teams going down. Purdue puts a whipping on Michigan State. Phil, go ahead and start us off there. Well, you know me, I haven't been on that Michigan State bandwagon all year like you have. I was more on the Michigan side, but when they made that comeback, I'm like, okay, give them a little benefit of the doubt. But then I saw what was up next. Purdue, man, that's just a trap game. I think a lot of people saw it coming. I know Geoff and I talked about it, and they've knocked off two number two teams right now. It's like Purdue's just built to beat the number two team in the country, but they can't win anything else consistently. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me, but I think Michigan State's going to have a tough road to hoe now to try to get back in anything. Jeff? Uh, yeah, he, he's pretty much spot on. I mean, um, I think Michigan State is a good team. I, I do want to add in there that that 
it's Michigan State didn't lose to a a a bad team. Purdue is a good team. Um, they're six and three at this point. They've already knocked off two ranked teams in the top five. They're uh, they're a good team. So let's don't take too much away from Michigan State. Um, but man, they 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 sure folded yesterday. Uh, I expected more out of them. Um, I, I think even a three point loss at, in the last second field goal or something like that would have looked a lot better than than a two score uh, two score loss there. So um, I think their only bright shining point uh, they outrushed uh, uh, Purdue by quite a bit. Kenneth Walker had a, a hundred and forty something yards. And a big fumble, early. and a big fumble. Yeah. Um, but if you're if you're looking at, at at any kind of bright point for Michigan State, I think they move the ball well on the ground. Um, I don't think we can count them out. Uh, we'll see going forward. They still got some big games coming up, so we'll we'll see what happens there. I don't think you can count them out. And let's not forget, Purdue's a good team, and they got some good games coming up too. Yeah. Well, me and G, I've done talked about this a little bit this morning. I'm going to lead in this with two parts. Ohio State, Nebraska, tight ball game the whole game. I mean, you would think Ohio State would be blowing them out, but tight ball game. Ohio State wins by nine. Talk about that game, GF, and let's talk about Ohio State having to play Purdue next week. Uh, yeah, like I said, Purdue's got some good games coming up. Um, next week they have Ohio State. Um, uh, Ohio State avoided the letdown game yesterday against Nebraska, if you want to call it that. Um, it, it really wasn't a good game for them. Um, I think they were held to under 100 yards rushing, um, which which doesn't bode well moving forward for them against teams like uh, Michigan State and Michigan coming up. Um, so, again, we've got some good weekends of football coming up, and if Ohio State doesn't, uh, doesn't get themselves right, they've got a tough test to Purdue coming up next week. Purdue's coming off a, a good win now. So I I wouldn't want to be in Ohio State shoes facing Purdue next week as well. Bill, your opinion? I'm the exact opposite. I wouldn't want to be in Purdue shoes next week. I think that Ohio State comes out next week focused. And Purdue, as I said a while ago, they've struggled to put it together consistently this year. I think next week Ohio State comes out and makes a statement to try to get in this thing because the door right now is wide open. I agree. I mean, the door's wide open for a lot of teams out there to step up. Uh, go to the next game, and we won't spend much on this one, but I guess we now say Wake Forest is done now, right, Phil? Wake Forest is done. <laughs> yeah, That'll be all the I'm, time we spend on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we can get past that. Um, I, I went and, and, and did some numbers this morning. Uh, since October, since the beginning of October, Wake Forest has given up 192 points. So wow. th- let's just let's just quit with the Wake Forest. Quit with the ACC. Uh, it's it's done. They uh, they they're just not a good defensive school. They're fun to watch. I'll give them that. They have one of the best offenses in the country. But from a national standpoint, it's it's over. Okay, we're gonna go to the next game. I've got in line here is Oklahoma 24 to three over West Virginia, and West Virginia's. Not a bad ball team. Oklahoma State dominated the game. They're sitting with one loss. Looks like that Oklahoma State-Oklahoma game is going to be really big. That would be the one team that has a chance to get in the playoffs from the Big 12, in my opinion. What do you think, Geoff? I, I agree. I, I'm looking forward to that game. Um, 
Oklahoma State seems to be handling business better than than Oklahoma at times. Um, so I, I am. I, that game's going to be a good one. Uh, I, I think I think Oklahoma State is going to pull that one out. Their their defense seems to be better. Um, their, their offense may not be quite as good as Oklahoma, but I, I do think that Oklahoma State can slow them down. Phil, you know, he said something about their defense. I think Oklahoma State has got a pretty good defense. I mean, are they a top five worthy defense in the country? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go that far right now. Uh, they do still play in the Big 12. And for I think maybe it's just the stigma of the Big 12. For years, we didn't think anybody played defense there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I like Oklahoma State to beat Oklahoma. I don't know that anybody out of there is going to get in when it's all said and done. But uh, Oklahoma's the winner of that game. If Oklahoma gets goes undefeated, I think yeah they're gonna they're gonna come on in. But if they've still got a tough road too, there's still some big games out there left to be played in every conference. So you know we're just gonna have to buckle up and take a ride here and see what happens. All right, here we go, Phil. We're gonna go to the Oregon Washington game, big rivalry game. We know that those two schools hate each other. And Oregon takes care of business on the road, 26-16 win. What's your opinions on that game? I think that was a game Oregon could have easily had a, a letdown. Uh, they got through it much like Ohio State got through their game yesterday with Nebraska. Oregon should still stay ahead of Ohio State right now. Uh, neither one of them impressed, but they both won. That Oregon is the you know the so-called Great White Hope in the Pac-12. So if they don't do it, no one's going to do it. The only team out there that even has a remote chance, not even really to get in the playoffs, but just to be a good team right now is, is Utah. I think everybody else just seems to you know pump you up and let you down. But yeah, I think Oregon did what they needed to do, but they still got business to take care of as well. Jeff. Uh, yeah, so Oregon, Oregon's played really well this year at times. Um, they avoided the stumble yesterday. Uh, I think they, they outgained, uh, them by like 260 yards and, and only won by 10 points. Um, they had some crucial penalties at times. Um, I, I think if, if Oregon moving forward, Oregon's going to have to, to knock those penalties out and, and finish some of their drives, um, because they're putting yards up They're they're moving the football. Um, but then they they kind of kill themselves at times and, and and kill their drives. So I think that's the key for Oregon moving forward. But um, they're they're at, they're playing pretty good. They've they've had some a uh, good signature win this year. So we'll we'll see good moving forward. But they they've been a pretty good football team. All right, Jeff. Alabama pulls off a close win, twenty to fourteen against LSU. Yeah, um, I'm gonna bring up a stat on this one too. Uh, how many rushing yards do y'all think Bama had? Probably about 140, 150. Six. LSU held You Alabama. were not the closest without going over. <laughs> Alabama was held to six rushing yards by LSU. Uh, looks like GI, we might have lost him for a minute. I tell you what, that was such a good stat. He just stopped. Mike drop. He is done. <laughs> but yeah, going into that game, 
I didn't see that coming. I just kind of keep expecting Alabama to show out like Alabama does, and they just haven't done it. And LSU, I didn't. I don't know what they're doing right now. They're playing better for Orgeron, obviously, because he's leaving. But yeah, that game kind of threw me for a loop. I, I didn't see it coming, but you know, it is what it is. I think he's back now. Yeah, we'll go back to you, GI for. Yeah, did y'all, did y'all like that mic drop? Yeah, I actually said mic drop. <laughs> yeah, he what, what a good point. I said that's just a mic drop. He's done. So yeah, but that they they had six rushing yards. That that's we I, I can't remember the last time that's even come close to that number. Uh, LSU did what they needed to do. Um, just couldn't pull it out. Uh, if if there was a blueprint to beat Bama. I would say that holding them to six rushing yards is is one of the keys there. Um, so, but Alabama's going to get better on that side of it. But they're you know they they pulled it out. They won a tough game. Um, so then they've got some more tough ones coming up. Yeah, usually when they have six rushing yards, they have one carry. Yeah, and that that was not the case. All right, Phil. We're going to talk about a team you've been big on all year. Michigan handles business against Indiana, twenty-two point win can still win out and win the Big Ten. And I still think they may. Uh, I've seen Ohio State be very vulnerable. Uh, Of course, they're still going to have to play them and Michigan State. So, a lot of work to do. But I'm not going to count them out yet, but I'm not going to count them as a favorite, really, either. Uh, After I watched them blow a 30-9 to lead against Michigan State last week, uh, who I didn't – think was going to come back in that game. I was feeling pretty good about my pick, and uh, there it goes. So, anyway, yeah, I like Michigan to to still be in the hunt, and uh, I'm still going to pick them to beat Ohio State this year to save Harbaugh's job. Geoff, you got any opinions on Michigan? Not a whole lot from a a national scene. Um, I mean, I think when the new polls come out, uh, this week it's going to be Ohio State roughly in the four spot. Um, I, I think you'll you'll see a, a a couple fall. Obviously, Michigan State's going to fall, so you're going to have um, Ohio State in the four spot, uh, and then you'll have uh, Michigan State and Michigan somewhere in the eight nine range. Um, no, no, no. Michigan's going to move up. They have to. They were already seven, weren't they? Yeah, Michigan's seven right now. I, mean, I, I thought I thought I thought they nine. were. I thought they were nine. Maybe I maybe I missed all that. I thought they were um, seven. Maybe I could be wrong, but I, either way, I don't see them being eight or nine. I think they're around that six mark. Well, if if I'm, I'm so I'm trying to think. So the committee's been kind of playing the uh, the head to head matchup thing, and with Michigan State beating Michigan, they're going to probably stay ahead of them by one spot. I would think. Possibly, yeah. Um, they drop down to. Six or drop down to five, maybe, and uh, Ohio State and Cincinnati move up, and then Michigan seven, or does Oklahoma jump some people and go up? Oklahoma with a- did themselves a disservice by not playing this week. <laughs> I agree. And having, I ha- having a bye week this week was I don't not think a good time to go anywhere. I don't. They can't jump Michigan because Michigan played and won, and I don't see them being ahead of Michigan State because I think Michigan State, like Jeff said, is going to stay ahead of Michigan. So Oklahoma's going to stay stand pat. The committee does a lot on the head-to-head issue. So with that being said, though, 
you're, you're looking at the the top three in the Big Ten being within, you know, three or four spots of each other. And you've got those big games coming up. Um, so I don't want to take Michigan out of the conversation. Obviously, they're still in it. Um, this is all going to iron itself out in the coming weeks. So, uh, again, that's one of the reasons to keep watching. It's going to get fun. This is just yeah, the first thing fun. You know, we thought for a while there could possibly be two Big Ten teams in the thing. But now it's going to iron itself out to where there's going to be one clear-cut winner, and it's going to be one of those three teams. Correct. Okay, well, we're going to go to a game that's got a little bit of top 25 relevance. Uh, Tennessee beats a top 25 team. Geoff, go. I know you got some stats you want to go out there and go for it. So I started looking at stuff last night on that game. Um, obviously, I'm a big Tennessee fan. Uh, glad they won. Um, but if, if I held up the stats of the game and all you saw were numbers side by side, uh, you would never, never think that Tennessee would have scored anywhere close to 42 points. Um, one of the biggest things was the, the time of possession was just outrageous. Uh, Kentucky held the ball for 46, 47 minutes. Tennessee I had – I think to, it may have been a little longer than that. I, I th well, I've got it wrote down here somewhere. Uh, I think Tennessee had – Tennessee's longest drive were the three kneel downs, I think. <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, let's see. Tennessee time possession was thirteen fifty two. Kentucky was forty six oh eight. Tennessee ran forty seven plays to Kentucky's ninety nine, and Tennessee wins forty five forty two. There's no way that happens. I don't understand how that happens. That that makes by the numbers. Uh, let's see. Tennessee had seventeen first downs to Kentucky's thirty five. Um, Passing yards was 316 for Tennessee to 357. Rushing yards was 145 to 225. Tennessee loses every aspect of that game by the numbers. What about turnovers? Uh, I think they won. That's the one thing they won. I think Tennessee had one turnover to Kentucky's two. Sometimes that plays a difference. But when you – I'm sorry, I'm not interrupting. You go ahead. And no, you're fine. I, I just the – whole, the whole thing of that game is I don't really know what to make of it. Tennessee scores 40, 45 points on less than 14 minutes' time of possession and only running 47 plays. That's the, a field goal a minute. Yeah, when you average three points per minute, you're in, in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, on the other side of it, Kentucky's defense is in not very good shape. Um, that's – yeah, that's just not good. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe those numbers when I, when I saw it. Well, I think what they scored with 11 seconds into the game – and that that set the tone, but Tennessee's got that. You know, they're they're going with the no huddle a lot, getting the line quick. They're not gonna have the time of possession uh, a whole lot. Kentucky plays that possession ball, but Tennessee right now on offense is just clicking. And but but you would you would game last night. You would think that the total plays would be up in number though. We're putting that fast-paced offense. Oh, yeah, but they were such quick strikes last night. They had a 75-yard pass. They had a 70-yard pass. They were right. 31 yeah. yards, 42 yards. It was just over and over and over these big plays. A pick six was huge. Yeah. I think in that game, for me, though, the, the telltale of that game, and I said it when it happened, was when Kentucky went for it on fourth down before halftime, 
didn't make it. Tennessee has three straight passes to get in field goal range and kicks the field goal to go up by three at halftime. That turned the game around. Even though Kentucky got the ball to start the second half, instead of being up by seven, they were up by four, and then it was back and forth game. And right. Tennessee actually pretty much took control before they tried to give it away at the end. <coughs> okay, Phil. Next game up, I'm going to let you start it. The Bulldogs roll again, 43-6 over Missouri. That defense keeps them out of the end zone, gives up two field goals. Fire away with your thoughts there, Phil. Well, just another dominant performance. I mean, you know, here we go this way. <laughs> represent. But, yeah, it, and I'm happy to do it since it's been a long, tough struggle for 41 years. But, yeah, they were dominant again yesterday on defense. Missouri did their absolute best at the end of the game, calling timeouts and everything and couldn't put it in from the one-yard line. And you could just see the determination on Georgia's face. It wasn't about winning the game anymore. It was about pride and keeping them out of the end zone. And when you have a defense that does that, especially with the guys they had in at the point, second, third stringers, man, you've got a defense worthy. And that's what I can say about their defense right now. It's worthy. Jeff? Yeah, I'll give I'll give Missouri some credit. I know they got killed. Um, there was uh, – that was always going to happen. Um, but Missouri played pretty tough all, all game. Um, they, they ran the football pretty well. Um, just, uh, again – Georgia's defense held them to, I think, 273 total yards yesterday. And, of course, the big stat was zero touchdowns. Um, at this point, Georgia has given up, is it three or four touchdowns on the year? Yep. Um, One of them being a pick six. In, in, uh, in, in retrospect to, you know, the 192 points that Wake Forest has uh, let happen this month. Um <laughs> So it's it's that's the story of this team, man. It's it's Georgia's defense is just so dominant and so good. They're so fast. Um, they're they're clear cut number one. Uh, they're gonna be tough to beat moving forward. Uh, this may be y'all's year, guys. I don't I don't want y'all to say it. I'll say it for you. Uh, but well, it's y'all tough. If not this year, when it's it's coming, it's coming. There's there's just no doubt about that. The team keeps getting better. Um, uh, we're we're going to the game next week when Tennessee and Georgia play, so that should be fun for y'all. Um, so, but it's 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 going to be it's it, Georgia's good, man. There there's just no nobody on that level, um, especially on on the defensive side of the football. They're making it tough on everybody to score, um, not just the the Missouri's and and Vandy's and those. They're they're making it tough for everybody to score. Okay, let's go to another game here. Just a couple more that really have relevance. Notre Dame blows out Navy this week. They're ranked 10th coming into this week. Uh, any shot if they run out that they could slide their way on the top four, GF? I'd like to say no, but the way these weeks keep coming, I, who knows? Uh, if, you're, if you're a team um, sitting down in the – Eight, nine, ten area, uh, maybe even eleven, uh, depending on on what your record is. Uh, keep winning. That's all you can do is keep winning um, because it, these teams are are starting to falter, and I, I think we're going to see it more and more as the year moves on and the pressure mounts. So, 
if you're in those spots, just keep winning. You you might find your way slipping in. I tell you what, Notre Dame, if they continue to win, does nothing but help Cincinnati as well. And because that's their signature win. And if you get these Big Ten teams beat up on each other and all of a sudden all three of them have two losses, which they all have one right now, somebody's going to have to come out of this thing. But that doesn't mean they're going to come out of it in the playoffs. We didn't bring that up a while ago. We said one team would get in, but there's a chance that no Big team, Ten teams get in. Right. And if that's the case, then that's where Notre Dame slides up there. But how do you put Cincinnati out if you put Notre Dame in? So that that's the case for Cincinnati at that point. That's what they're looking for is for everybody to fold ahead of them and Notre Dame to keep winning. Well, we'll go to one more game in the top 25 yesterday. It was a top 25 matchup, A&M against Auburn. A&M winning 20-3. to That pretty much – Eliminates Auburn from winning the SEC West. That gives them three losses or two losses in the division. And uh, A&M holding the tiebreaker over them. Both two-loss teams, or Auburn's three-loss team on the year, A&M's two-loss team. I don't think A&M's got a chance to get into the playoff hunt personally, but they could, if Auburn helps them, wind up winning the West and going to Atlanta if Auburn can upset Alabama. Yeah, I, I think that Auburn yesterday kind of – I'm not sure what the word is, but their season's done. And I don't know if they can bounce back to beat an Alabama with really no reason to do it other than the fact it's Alabama and that rivalry, which that goes a long way. But that was an ugly game to watch. I mean, just ugly. Yep. It was 3-3, three to 6-3, three, to three, you know, then, then – it was just like nothing could go right for Auburn all day. And A&M did what they had to do, but ugly game. I don't see either team getting into the playoff by any means. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Auburn and Alabama because it's always a rivalry. And I think right now, though, Auburn can, can look at that and say, well, our season's ruined. Let's ruin Alabama's too. And so they, they could very well do that. But I, I think Alabama, if they come out, just has more talent than Auburn does. And I really expect Bama to win that game. All right, Jeff, I'm going to throw something at you about this game. 20-3 to 3 final. One touchdown scored, and it was a defensive touchdown. So no offensive touchdowns in this game. So I, for the last three or four weeks, uh, I've been – kind of praising Bo Nix. Yeah, he did it to me again. Um, <laughs> I th This dude, I don't know how he fumbled that football. Um, uh, ap apparently, the A&M the uh, linebacker uh, yelled at him or something and scared him. Uh, I, I don't know what it – but he just dropped the football. Um, it, it was worse than the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. I, it, it was. It was. No, so no, bad. no, no. It wasn't. There's never been anything worse. It, it, was, it was. It was. It was up there. It was pretty bad. I mean, he's just. He's just running, and he had the ball, and and then it, it just hit the ground. Um, he never got touched. Um, yeah, that's. It's 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 uncalled for, and it was it was in Bonex style. Um, looked like Clint Sterner to me. Do what? Clint Sterner for Arkansas looked like him to me. 
I, I well, Sterner at least put the ball on the ground. Nick's never <laughs> even thought about that. Yeah, he he, he put it on the ground and it never moved. Like he he just set it there and then went about his day. Um, Bo Bo Nix just like tossed it and it just yeah and it just rolled around. Uh, but no, it's it's that game was tough, man. It was tough to watch. Um, I, I think everybody expected more from that game. And right before that touchdown was scored, I think I looked up and it was it was nine to three. I think it's what it was. Uh, yes, yeah, let, let's not forget CBS picked that game over the Bama LSU game. They're yeah, they themselves right now. They, <laughs> uh, they once again made a good decision there. Um, well, they still have Gary Danielson. They don't make very good decisions. Also true. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that uh, he, he retires. Um, I'm I'm tired of listening to him. I think we all are, um, but you know it's. I expected more from that game, guys. That 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 Auburn Texas A&M game was a letdown. Um, that's all I'll pretty much have on that one. I, I don't see any way that they either one of those teams are in contention for the playoff at the end of the year. Uh, but it it will be that game will matter when it comes down to um, the bigger bowl games um, coming up um, in the grand scheme of that. Uh, the one thing I will say in regards to Auburn and Bama coming up, the one thing the Iron Bowl always is is a game. It, it does not it does not change based on record. It does not change based on anything. That game is an in-state rivalry. The fan bases are in it. It will it will be a tough game for both teams, regardless of what what uh, the records are and everything else. So I think you're still going to see a good football game there. Okay, well, one last thing, and we'll move off of college football and go to DFS and maybe some wagers and stuff. Geoff, give me what you think the playoff committee's top five will be come Tuesday. Uh, top hey, five. Before, before we get into that, can we talk about one other game? Yes, sir. I wanted to talk about the game that there's no excuse for, and that is the effort that the Florida Gators put up yesterday. It feels right. That that I wow. mean that that is worthy of talking about. How bad is Dan Mullen right now? He said he closed the doors to the media all week, saying we have to concentrate on football, and then that's the product he brings to the field. Losing by twenty three to South Carolina, who you're a twenty point favorite against. No excuse. No excuse. Everybody knows I can't stand Florida anyway, but this just adds fuel to the fire, and I mean. Good Lord, that that was awful. Just plain awful. That's Bill, all I have to say. How hot is Dan Mullen's seat right now? Well, it's it's the match is still lit. It hadn't gone out when he sat down. I can tell you that. I, I was gonna say right right now, Dan Mullen's agent is uh, getting him interviews in the FCS. <laughs> Good call, Phil. I should have brought that up. I meant to and forgot all about it, but. Good call there. Yeah, bring that up. I mean, somebody put on Facebook last night or something said they think Georgia broke Florida last week. Yeah, uh, Florida's been broke. Yeah, F Florida's definitely broken. Florida had a fracture already. Georgia just maybe snapped the whole bone, and and now South Carolina just refuses to operate on it, and it's done. <laughs> All right. Now we can go back to the G Alpha. Uh, what do you think your top five be Tuesday night? Um, obviously, Georgia at one. Um, uh, Bama's going to stay two. 
at three, I would probably move Oregon up uh, with Ohio State coming to four. Um, that fifth spot, I've, I've been arguing with myself about pretty much all morning. Uh, there's arguments for Oklahoma. There's arguments for Cincinnati. Uh, I think if I'm going to put somebody there, I'm going to put Oklahoma there. I'm, I'm taking Cincinnati out of the equation so they can win a football game. I know they're undefeated. I get it. Um, they just haven't looked good, and they, they've been making these games too close with teams they should be blowing out. So uh, I'm, I'm taking Cincinnati out of the out of my – whatever my uh, top five means to anybody. So now you, sir. Yeah, I agree. Top two I think is pretty – set in stone right now with Georgia and Alabama. I agree that Oregon moves to three uh, with Michigan State losing. Uh, they're going to go up. Uh, it's just the way the ball bounces. It happens every year, depending on what time of year you lose. Even with the same record, they, they're going to go up a little bit. Uh, Ohio State will move into that four spot for right now. And I think the committee may do something kind of special and put it Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, just to let it play itself out, and they don't have to think as much. But I, I, Cincinnati's already in that sixth spot, so they may hang around. But, yeah, I would say uh, Michigan State, Cincinnati, Michigan. I don't think Oklahoma moves up. They didn't do anything, and they were already below these teams. So I think they stay put where they're at about the eighth spot. Well, I have to agree with Phil Down on that one. If I had to put it that way, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they did. Because uh, top three were all in agreement: Georgia, Alabama, Oregon. If top four, actually, Ohio State. And it wouldn't surprise me if they put Michigan and Mich Michigan State and Michigan five and six and just let that play out and handle, it'll handle its own business. Yeah, and it's going to. It'll play itself out. Okay, well, I guess that's all we got in college football. Unless y'all have something else, if not, I'll turn it over to you, Phil Dye, and you can start us off with some DFS. Yeah, first of all, I think in DFS, before we get started, what a rough week for some people. Uh, two guys, especially going down in the end, not necessarily going down, but just want to get your both you guys' thoughts on it. Calvin Ridley and Henry Ruggs. Both wide receivers, both starters, and number one or two receivers for their teams. Uh, Rugs is just a stupidity thing. Ridley, we're not sure how to feel about. You know, if you've had depression, I can, I can see where it's a thing, and and he needs some time off because, to be honest, it could be considered an injury. Uh, I know it's a sickness. So, Geoff, how do you feel about? These two guys being out for the rest of the year, how does it affect their teams? Uh, just give me your thoughts on it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to touch too much on the Ridley thing. Uh, Ridley is doing something um, that he believes is necessary for him. Um, I, I think it would – I don't know what he's going through. We have not heard – I have not heard anyways what he's going through. Um, I, I think that what he's doing – um, people should take note of. And if you're going through something like this, if this man can step away from millions of dollars to work on his mental health, 
then it should be easy for anybody, easier for anybody to to work on this um, in, in whatever you're dealing with. Well, uh, I think I think we're going to start seeing a little bit more of this, too. I think there's way more players out there and athletes that are going through depression than we know about. I mean, Simone Biles pulls out of the Olympics for basically, you know, mental preparation and needed to get herself straight as well. And yeah, it's a, it's a very touchy subject and one you don't want to ignore at all. Uh, and one that if anyone makes fun of ever, it, they should just be slapped as well, because until you've gone through it, you don't know. Well, and let's again too. in th this show, we do this for fun. We, we talk about the DFS. It's, it's something we do. It, it's fun for us to do. Um, but it's not real life. It is fantasy. Um, so, Hello, Phil season. Phil Sorry. season. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's fantasy. It's not real life. What these guys go through week in, week out is, is real life. Um, so if you're, if you're upset that you lost your starting uh, wide receiver um, because he is taking time off for his uh, mental health, if that upsets you, stop playing fantasy. What they're Thank dealing you. with is real life. I was hoping that one of the two of you would say that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll let you have your thoughts on that. Too. Yeah, what, what they're going through, man, is real. As well. So, you know, and we all wish Calvin Ridley the best, obviously. A hundred percent. Okay, here we go with rugs. Um, for starters, uh, again, this is real world, guys. Um, I, my thoughts go out to the family. Um, there was loss of life in this. Um it's it's preventable. Everything about that was preventable. The NFL has things set up left and right for these guys to not make the mistake he made. Um, not only did he get behind the wheel and, and drive at twice legal limit, he chose to do it on a residential street at 156 miles an hour. That is absolutely uncalled for. It's a bad decision. As far as I know, the, the kid has not made these kind of decisions before. Um, so I, I don't want I don't want to come down too hard on on him for a bad decision because we've all made bad decisions. Um, this one just resulted in something that is the absolute top tier of what we all hope to never go through. Um, so, again, my thoughts are with the family that that lost that that uh, young girl in, in that accident. Um, and it, also my, my thoughts are with rugs because he made a mistake. He's going to realize it was a mistake. It's too late to go back and change that mistake. Um, he's going to suffer the consequences of it. Um, I, I'm sure we'll learn more as it comes out. Um, I, my, one of our buddies in our, our fantasy league, um, is a lawyer. And I, I think he said that the, uh, uh, penalty for this is two to 20 years. Yeah. It's minimum two years because there's a no tolerance law in Las Vegas for DUI right. at all. Um, so it's, it's just a, the, the whole, the whole thing is, is uh, it's just bad. It's, it's, it's uh, again, I, I, my heart goes out to everybody involved. It's, it's uh, it's real life. It's, it's what we do is fantasy. This is real life. This, this matters. This means something. Um, and I, I, that's all I really got on that, guys. I, I feel I feel bad for the whole situation. Arden, if you want to chime in on some thoughts on that, you're more than welcome. 
You know, I agree with a lot of G what G.I. said. I mean, what we do, fantasy is fun. I mean, what we do is supposed to be fun. And these two are real-life situations. You don't, I mean, you don't know what people are doing. Do, like G.I. said, you don't know what people are doing with when they're dealing with depression. Our, our prayers go out and hope that, you know, Calvin really can figure this out and get his life going, whether it means he steps on a football field again or if he never steps on it again, get his life going in the right direction where it can lead him to a great life. That's how I'm going to say on that. My, you know, I hope he gets everything figured out. The rug situation, I mean, gee, I've touched on a lot. The bigger part that even blows my mind, it came out like a couple of days ago, he was leaving the casino. If he was that drunk, why didn't he just get a room at the casino? Or get a ride. Yeah. I mean, the NFL provides you with – the NFL provides all their players with rides. They can call a number at any time and get a ride for free. I remember being in a bar in Nashville the night that – and uh, Steve McNair was there uh, not feeling a lot of pain, and he left that night and got a DUI. It was very well publicized down Broadway in Nashville. And I saw him before that, and you automatically think, well, these guys – Hire a driver. You've got you've got the money. Just hire somebody to sit out and wait on you till you get done and take you home. There's there's no sense for people. Number one, there's no sense for people to do it at all, no matter what your status is. But uh, when you have the capability to have someone take you anywhere you want to, I think you almost have to do that. And I think it may get to a point start seeing some of this where it's mandated. If you're going to go out, you, you have somebody take you out. Uh, because I think some of these teams are going to crack down on this as, you know, seeing what happened there, you know, as far as rugs, Derek, Derek, uh, Carr said it best right now, somebody needs to love the guy and, yeah. uh, instead of just crucifying for everything, which he's getting in the media. So I don't want to, dwell on either of these you know right. best wishes to calvin ridley and, and you know we'll see what happens in the rugs case and uh as geoff said thoughts and prayers go out to the family of that girl let's move on though we're here to discuss some fantasy and i don't know what game do we want to start with let's just start with the hometown game today uh it's not in our hometown but since we are from metro nashville <laughs> we will start with the Tennessee Titans and the L.A. Rams. Art, and I know that uh, you've been big on Matthew Stafford, the old Georgia Bulldog coming from Detroit to the Rams. He's going to play today, hasn't practiced all week. Is that going to have an effect? No, I don't think so. I mean, we've seen him do this throughout his career. He's played hurt, not practiced during the week, and come out and had great games. Uh I think the Titans secondary is very suspect and I see uh I think he can throw the ball around on them. And I mean right now he's on pace to throw for almost five thousand yards this year. He uh, stepped up for sure. Geoff Adrian Peterson. Oh my, the timeless wonder. He comes in. <laughs> Number four in the NFL right now, I think, or maybe fifth, and has a chance to be fourth with about 400 yards, and he's got time to do it. 
everything I hear this week at camp, he looks good and ready to play. Is he a worthy fantasy option right now? Um, no, no. The the dude is father time. It's it's it's. Look, he can't keep coming back to this game and keep playing it at that level. I say that, and he'll he'll get two hundred yards rushing. I don't know. No, Adrian Peterson. If you if you if you're even thinking about picking him up in your year long league, stop. Don't get him. It's not worth it. Um, he's he's past his time, guys. I think you're going to see a lot more McNichols. Um, they're going to have. Yeah, I, I don't. I think McNichols is what he is. He's a third down back, and they brought Peterson in, and and Dante Foreman Foreman as well. I think will be your two lead backs. Uh, McNichols, I think he's going to get about the same share. Um, just my thought. I, I, well, I think I think this week. As, okay, if you're if you're just going to boil it down to this week, I, I think that he's de- McNichols is definitely going to get a bigger share this week. Um, they they didn't bring guys in, and they they can't implement them that fast into a a big scheme of the of the the playbook. If that if I don't know if you agree with me on that or not, but I think McNichols is a a better play at least this week. Um, uh, and move, like I said, moving forward, I just can't get behind the whole AP thing. Um, the, the dude is, is been playing since the 1950s. I, I just, I just can't get behind it. Uh, he's, he's going to, he's going to bust a hip here soon. I, I don't, I, something's going to happen. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wasting time on AP. I'm sorry. Yeah. For, for those wanting or not remembering exactly how old he actually is, he was on the uh, team with Oklahoma who lost to Boise State. Yeah. That's been a while. Wasn't so, yeah. was that 2006, maybe? Six, five, something like that? Maybe. I don't know. It was maybe – no, it was before. It was like 2001. I don't think it was that far back. But y'all, y'all, anyway, y'all move on with this game. I'll find out and let y'all know. Okay, Phil. Look that up. Arden, you got any other thoughts on that game? Anybody other than Cooper Cup you think might do well today? Stafford and Cup. Stafford and Cup. Um, Stafford Cup, of course. Uh, Henderson's been playing good. Arden, Arden. Arden. I yeah. said, other than Cooper Cup, do you have anyone? And the first thing you said was Cooper Cup. But uh, I need someone else. I think Henderson would be a good play. Uh, I think. I think Nichols would be a good play from this game because I think the Titans are losing and get, I think the game script goes where they're throwing the ball a lot because they're down by a lot. I mean, this Rams defense, we all thought it was good beforehand. How good is it going to be now that you put Von Miller on it? I think it's going to be pretty good. Miller, and <laughs> he adds a, a whole new aspect to it. Super Bowl MVP is a defensive player. The Rams do not have a draft pick in the first three rounds next year because they've traded them away. They're going for it all. Yeah, well, and they should, I think, this year. They're they're on that roll. All right, let's move on. Hometown game as well to an extent. I know you both, you guys, like the Falcons. They go to New Orleans today. Arden, we'll start with you on this one. Falcons in New Orleans. Uh, two teams that are just – it's hard to see what's going to happen each week. I think you can take uh, – Tajay Sharp is a very cheap player. I think he'll be a good play. Uh, I think he has a big game. He stepped in last week, was really not in there, and uh, got a lot of targets, caught some balls. I think 
He's the real good play. Uh, not quite sure what his price range is. I'm looking that up right now. But, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, 4,200. I think he's a very good play today. Uh, Who was I that? think Tajay Sharp. Uh, he's, cheap, he's 700 cheaper than Russell Gage. Everybody thought last week was the Russell Gage week, and look like Sharp and Matt Ryan have more of a connection than Gage and Ryan. Well, yeah, it would be tough for Gage and Ryan to have any connection considering there were no targets for him last week. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Gage has been, I think, a disappointment this year for the Falcons. He's really done nothing and doesn't look like he's going to be part of the offense going forward, even though he's probably – Listed as the number one receiver. He's just not catching the ball much this year. Geoff, what do you got this game? Uh, pretty much that. Uh, Tajay Sharp last week had had uh, had the targets. So I'm, I'm going with him at 4,200. I, I think uh, if if memory serves, Kyle Pitts kind of had a down weekend uh, last week. Um, we, we thought he was going to be big last week with Rid Ridley out. Um, I think that this is going to be a bounce back. Um, I think Kyle Pitts is a good take at, at tight end this, this week. Um, on the other side of it, I'm, I'm so confused with New Orleans right now. Um, I, I, I think Alvin Kamara, I, I, th I think he has to be a play almost every week. Um, you have to look at if you can, if you can get him into the lineup. Um, and, and outside of that, again, I'm, I'm just, I'm confused on, on New Orleans right now. I don't really know what to make of, of that offense. It's being spread, the ball's being spread around so much. Um, and we were talking earlier about the Tennessee game. Um, that was a 2007 Fiesta Bowl. So with in Oklahoma, yeah. So he's been around a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you on New Orleans. They're just a toss up as to what you're going to get with Winston out now. Trevor Simeon is scheduled to play, but yeah, I, <laughs> you know, even cheap. How do you go there? So. Uh, yeah, I think I'd just almost pass on this game altogether and fade it out. All right, Buffalo and Jacksonville uh, should be a blowout from what they say. You know, 14 and a half points is quite a few, uh, almost 50-point total. So, they're, they're, the odds makers thinking Buffalo's going to score today. Uh, Jacksonville, I, I'm not sure I haven't seen this morning, but could be without James Robinson. So I think that makes a big difference. Geoff, we'll start with you on this game. How do you see this playing out? Well, th this game again is is uh, one of those game script games. Um, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to lay off some of the bigger players in this, but I was so wrong last week on on laying off uh, Cooper Cup, um, thinking that it was going to be a a blowout, run the football in the second half. No, no, the Rams decided to throw the football consistently all game um, to the same people. Um, so I'm I obviously like Josh Allen. Um, I, I like Emmanuel Sanders for the price point. His his uh, looks have been going up. His his targets been going up each week. Um, so I do like Emmanuel Sanders at fifty six hundred. Um, I'm I'm going to fade all of Jacksonville again. It's it's hit or miss with them. Um, the only guy that's been even halfway consistent is James Robinson, and that's only if Jacksonville uses him the way they should. Um, so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of just going to fade Jacksonville in in this game today. Got you, Arden. What do you see going down in this one? 
Well, let me throw in some breaking news. I just seen come up for a game today. Miami Dolphins playing against the Texans. Two uh, out with left finger and rib injuries. Well, that is not a good thing for me, considering I have him as my backup, and now I can't pick a quarterback up. Oh, yeah, you can. I think you got until 10 o'clock. Well, yeah. I got how long? Six, six minutes. You better do it six, now. Six minutes. Should I get off here and do that? Is that, yeah. is that a true fantasy thing? Yeah, That's you better do that right now. Okay. You should do I'll be back, guys. Just a minute. Be right back. <laughs> hey, he's glad I brought that up now. And this is a first. Yeah. Um, but what he had me going on the Buffalo game, so I'll give my thoughts. Uh, I am totally fading Jacksonville. Buffalo, to me, the two best defenses in the NFL are the Buffalo Bills and the Rams. And – I think you can play anybody from Buffalo. You just got to pick the right one, which is hard. I mean, I like Diggs. His price point's a little high at times, but he's Mr. Consistent. Every week he's getting 15 to 20-something points, it seems like. He's always getting something. He may not be getting the touchdowns this year, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always something. He had one – yeah, he had one week at 8.9. And one week at 12.2, the rest have been 16 or higher. I mean, it's pretty consistent. Josh out. And they seem to keep throwing the ball when they get a big lead. So, I mean, you got to watch your plays here. Like, I like Giaz Kyle and Emmanuel Sanders. And, I mean, last week it was Cole Beasley, though. Emmanuel Sanders and uh, Diggs drew the coverage by the best two corners the Dolphins had. They put their worst one on Cole Beasley, and Josh Allen just saw, okay, do it, Cole Beasley. So yeah, it seems like it seems like the Buffalo game is is one of those things that if you if you put Josh Allen in the lineup, and you can figure out which wide receiver it's going to be, and figure out which running back it's going to be between Moss and Singletary, you can win a lot of money. But I, I do what I'm welcome to feel back. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome for that tidbit of information. I tell you, you what, Arden, that was, that was large for me. Very large. <laughs> I didn't have a lot to choose from, but... So, uh, anything's better than zero. Should, yeah, I, should I go on there now and, and try to figure out who he's trying to pick up and make a higher bid? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be cold. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you for about four more minutes. All right, guys. Uh, let's move on. Uh, yeah, that's true fantasy work there. True fantasy. Uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Boy, this should be a good one. Uh, both these teams, man, they can both throw up points or they can both play defense. However, they can both not score or not play defense. Very inconsistent. I thought Cincinnati's defense last week would show up. And then Mike White, who? Mike White, Yes came up and threw for 400 yards <laughs> on him. So, uh, I don't remember who started. Giop, I'll go with you to start this one. Uh, Cincinnati always has – I mean, Jamar Chase, just an automatic right now, it seems. Uh, what He's he's cruising for rookie of the year. Uh, what do you see going down in this game? Or Arden, you can take this one since Giop is now frozen up and looks like 
he may be going to outbid me for my quarterback that he doesn't know who it is. <laughs> He's trying to. He's back, but yeah, on this one, uh, I think this is a shootout this week. Like you said, they've both been have defenses have looked good and everything and been low scoring games. I think this turns into a shootout. I am I am big on Nick Chubb. I'm big on uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow or Joe Mixon. Either one of those can be in play. I think he and uh, Peoples Jones, he's a very good play for Cleveland, especially now that there's no more Odell Beckham Jr. Geoff, I was going to go to you. Are, are you back with us now? Yes, you are. I, I think so. Yeah, I, I thought maybe you went to steal my quarterback that you didn't know who it was. Because I did no. only bid $1, actually. So if I can get it for a dollar, I guess I'll be okay. No, I'm I'm on my computer, so I've got I've got the phone at, at my beck and call if I need to go do something like that. I don't know why I picked my phone up a minute ago to go change my lineup because I had my laptop sitting in front of me and I could have just done that and stayed on here with you guys. But, you know, um, I, I don't know I don't know what touched base on on the uh, Cleveland Cincinnati game. Um, in in my thoughts, it's going to be a, a a back and forth high scoring game. Um, I was trying to to look up the over-under for that game uh, per Vegas, but I, my, I can't get onto the site for some reason. I think uh, so. Uh, hang on, I'll tell you. I do have a laptop here. I can look this up. <laughs> oh, let me see here. You said the same Keep thing. talking while I look. But yeah, the, the same thing I did. I said I think it's going to be a shootout. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I, I like both quarterbacks in this thing. Um, I like uh, I like Chubb and Mixon both. Um, there's there's pretty much the there's not a side of it I don't like. Um, this could be a game that that I run a a stack lineup um, with Burrow and then and then bring it back with uh, with Chubb or somebody like that. Jeff, um, this game started out opening up at forty-five and is now up to forty-seven and a half. So a big, big jump at, at two and a half points, um, and it may jump some more before before kickoff. Um, they they obviously don't think it's going to be as high scoring as I do. Um, I just have no trust in either one of these defenses to you know play consistently week in week out. Um, I, I would like to figure out the the tight end side of Cleveland. Um, because I think either Hooper or Njoku has a, a decent game today. Um, and they're they're priced pretty fairly at 32 and, and 3,000. Um, so I, if you can pick one of those, I think I'm kind of leaning towards Hooper. Um, but I, I do like one of those tight ends today as well. Would you gotcha. say that Geoff Harrison Bryce going to have a career day today? Their third tight end. Since, I said, since what I said, then probably. Um, well, if he catches a couple of passes, that would be a career day. So, yeah. all right, enough of that game. How about Denver and Dallas? Uh, Gee, go ahead and start this one out. Dak Prescott is going to play today. Okay, that's why I was just going to go check. So, so we do have Dak back in. Um, I don't think you can go go wrong with Dak. Um, Denver's been pretty good on on defensive side of the football, but this is in Dallas. Um, I tend to like uh, Denver better at home. Um, 
I'm I'm going I'm going to fade Bridgewater um just from a a a I like other plays better this week. Um but I, I do like Sutton and Judy. Um they're gonna have to move the football um and and keep up with Dallas's uh, Dallas's offense, uh, assuming that Dak has a good day. I, I'm a, I'm assuming he's going to. Um Dak should bounce back from from this injuries and everything else he's gone through this this year. And and he should have a pretty good day today. Um, one, of the so guys, again, one of the guys too. I mean, Amari Cooper a little banged up right now, and a guy that's pretty cheap each week that just keeps seeming to score and at least catch a few passes. Cedric Wilson. Yeah, I, I was about to bring up Dallas and Cedric Wilson. Um, I, I do like Cedric Wilson this week as well. Um, the the tight end side of Dallas, I'd like to take a shot on Schultz this week. Um, since Jarwin's on the IR. So we finally got one tight end in Dallas that is pretty reliable. Um, so I, I do like Schultz this week. He's a little high at 4,800. Um, but if you're Probably looking for worth it, though. it might be worth it. Um, so that's that's my plays in this game this week. Arden, Denver, Dallas. Hit me. Uh, I'm fading Lamar Cooper and City Lamb. They're both – Questionable, but have not practiced much this week. Denver has two very good cornerbacks, so I'm big on Cedric Wilson to go off. Uh, I think he has a good game. Schultz is another good play I like, but I'm I'm fading away from the two big receivers. They say they're going to go, but they're not 100%. And like I said, Denver's got two good corners, and they've been doing a good job covering them. And – if this if Dallas gets out to a good lead here, if the gameplay goes right, I think this could be the week you see Javante Williams go out for Denver because they use him out of the backfield so much, throwing the ball and stuff like that, throwing the ball. I think in a hurry up, he would be the ideal play over Melvin Gordon. Well, he's going to have to start playing at some point. They keep saying, you know, he's the back of the future, he's the back of the future, and they keep handing the ball to Melvin Gordon. At some point, I think Javante's going to have to be step up and be the guy. And yeah. he's done nothing that shows he can't. Right. All right, moving on. Uh, since I have finally gotten rid of this quarterback in Miami, they uh, two are uh, not going to play according to Arden's breaking news, which I'm still thankful for. Houston <laughs> with Tyrod Taylor actually playing and coming back today. Uh I don't know how much of a difference he makes, but he's expected to get a few points today uh, playing a two-a-less Miami. Arden? Well, yeah. I mean, Tyrod, you know, makes you think Brandon Cooks, but Miami did shadow last week, and they took and put Xavier Howard, their best corner on digs all day. Do they do that today and take away Cooks? I mean – but I think I'm going to play Brandon Cooks in some lineups because him and Tua just did so good before he got hurt. And might just take Miami uh, Miami to lose the ball game to the Texans. I have hey, no faith. Well, you're looking at two bad teams right now. I mean, bad. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I would kind of fade this game completely. Brandon Cooks has been good all year, though. Just he's been very steady. Uh, 
I think Devontae Parker out today for Miami as well. So that's not going to bode well for them at all. So, uh, Geop, you see anything you like in this game? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> the with with Tua being out, I I mean, there's there's going to be points scored. I just don't know where they're going to be. Um, I I would tend to take a shot at maybe Miles Gaskin, maybe. Um, but it with uh, no fade. I, I don't, I don't want any, any part of this game this week. It's, uh, it's not going to be very fun to watch. Went out. Do what? I wanted Jalen Waddle to do it. Went out. And that, that's just, I, I loved Waddle this week. And especially with, with, I, I can't not, not with, not with Jacoby Brissett. Is, is that going to be Jacoby Brissett then? With two out. Yeah, it'll be Jaco- yeah. well, I would assume Jacoby Brissett's gonna be yeah, that's what it's Jacoby Brissett. When I Hold went in to uh... pick up a quarterback, he was at the top of the list, and I just slid right on past that. Well, did you get your quarterback, Phil? It's past ten o'clock. So I breaking did get, I did breaking news. Um, Phil Dye has added Jordan Love and dropped to a Tago Viola in, in our in our league. So so Phil did get Jordan Love. Well, I did pick him up because I know he's going to play. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, The Raiders going across the country to the Giants. Uh, Giants stepping up and playing good defense at times right now. Once again, Saquon back eligible to come back and uh, out for the COVID protocols. So, man, Saquon Barkley, it just seems like over and over, no matter what it is, he just doesn't hit the field enough. But, uh, Geoff, we'll start with you on this game. Raiders, Giants, Raiders especially uh, at receiver now without rugs. How do you see uh, Hunter Renfro or Edwards stepping up? So, I, I, I hate to be – play this game with caution. Um, obviously, this Raiders team is going through some stuff. Um, this is going to, to mentally – affect them i don't see how it can't um Derek carr is is really good friends with henry ruggs so he's obviously going through some stuff with this as well on, on the mental side of it um I, so again I, I play the play this game with caution on on that uh on the vegas side of it um if i've got to pick anybody i'm, I'm gonna probably go with waller um just because he's been the guy he's an incredible athlete, um, and he's a, he's a safe play, albeit an expensive play. Um, on the the New York side of things, God, these guys are banged up. Um, I, I don't know who I like on on that side. Um, I, I might I might even play Daniel Jones by himself because I do like Jones, and I do think they can move the football. I just don't know who it's going to. Um, but I, again, this game, this game scares me for multiple reasons this week. Um, so I probably will fade this game, um, uh, this week in general. Well, I know one guy that you brought up several times over the beginning of the season, Zay Jones. Uh, he's going to get his opportunity now. Uh, but like Geoff said that it, it may be a week or two before this team gets mentally on track, uh, how do you see this one? I agree with you. I like. I think 
I'm going to fade Greg Jones today like because of what G.I. said on that aspect of it. Plus, you know, I figure in the Giants, like G.I. said, playing pretty good defense. So I think one play in this game I've got on each side of the ball that I will probably use. I like Josh Jacobs in this game. I think he could have a good game. And that'd be about the only one I've and I'll go with on that side of the ball and on the other side of the ball. The one person I thought G off would bring up when he said uh Daniel Jones is Kadarius Tony. He's healthy and playing today, so and he's gonna be their number one receiver. Yeah, I Kadarius Tony's a good ball player, but he was also coached by Dan Mullen, so I couldn't go there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get off of that one for a while. All right, let's move on. Minnesota, Baltimore. Big game right here with some implications, especially for Baltimore. Minnesota really needing a win to stay involved in any type of playoff hunt. Arden, how you see this game going? And uh looks like Lamar Jackson field day to me. Yeah, I, I don't know that if I take anybody with – I'm taking Lamar Jackson in some lineups, and I'm not taking naked with no other player in the game from that. You know, uh, I don't, if I do look at somebody on the Baltimore side, uh, the rookie Bateman, I might play him some. I think uh, Patrick Peterson's on – covering Hollywood Brown most of the game. So, and Peterson's been playing better of late. So, I say it worries me. I don't think I want any of the Minnesota side of this. I mean, Baltimore's defense the last game looked really good in one of their last games. It might not have been the last one, but Minnesota just can't get it together. I don't know what their deal is. Well, Minnesota's got a good team. I mean, as far as you look at the players, you've got oh, yeah. Cousins, you've got Justin Jeffersons, Adam Thielen. You know, Thielen stepped up and scored a few lately. Justin Jefferson seems to have disappeared, though. So, Geoff, you see anybody on the Vikings or Ravens you like today? Um, outside of what Arden's mentioned, I, I think you have to find uh, someone on the, on the Vikings side of it. Um, I, so, Baltimore has a pretty good defense. I, I think they are going to have to figure out who they're going to single out and take out of the game. And I, I think if you're going to take anybody out of this game, we all know who that has to be. You you have to stop Dalvin Cook. So if you stop Dalvin Cook, um, it's going to leave somebody open. Um, I, I do like Justin Jefferson this week. Um, I, I think he's fast enough and runs routes good enough to get open and, and make some plays. Um, the Vikings have to find a way to score. Because uh, I, I do think that with as, as suspect as a Viking secondary is, that uh, Jackson and his receivers are, are going to put points on the board. Um, so I, I think you're going to have to keep the ball in the air. I think you're going to have to to rely on on uh, Minnesota's pass catchers, which is Thielen and, and Jefferson. Well, and I, I kind of like as, as an inexpensive play there too, Osborne. He's he's been catching quite a few passes lately, and if they overplay either one of their top two, I think he's going to get a big chance. And I agree with Arden. I like Rashad Bateman today. Uh, he he's starting to get his share of targets, and I think uh, along with Hollywood and Mark Andrews, that could be a pretty good pass combination. 
but we all know Lamar likes to take off and run a lot too. Yeah, and like like you said, Osborne's thirty six hundred, um, and I think I'd rather have uh, Bateman in that same general area. Bateman's about four thousand, so I, I think that would be the 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 play I'd make. Bella for the love. <laughs> My dog. Yeah, uh, I could hear it on t- on two different cameras there. <laughs> All right, let's move along. Uh, Sam Darnold up in the air. Game time decision, unless we've had more breaking news. I I don't know. Arden looks at his television <laughs> as we speak. Oh, uh, yeah, it looks like he's game time, may play, may not. Uh, Mac Jones in New England coming to town to play the Panthers. Geoff, start us up on this one. All right, I had it on mute, so I had to unmute it. I don't know how long it's going to last. Um, so we're, we're on – what, what game did you say we're on? I'm sorry, I've, I've lost track completely. Uh, the Patriots and Panthers. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, is McCaffrey coming back? Is is he worth Game time to see – we're waiting for breaking news, and it's past 10 o'clock right now, so mm. – they have activated him off the hour, but they're saying it's game time decision. Yeah. Depends on how the workout goes. McCaffrey so, also on my uh, fantasy team, so there may be more adjustments before noon. So here's here's the thing. Uh, if McCaffrey's a go, you have to play him because it may be the last time you get to play him. So <laughs> – <laughs> I, I think he's going to be on, on, on a pitch count today. He's going to not play a full game if he does play. He's, he's going to get his share of plays, but I don't think it's a full game. Well, even with that being said, we all know that, that McCaffrey, at, a, at half the touches that he usually gets, can still put up 20 points. So it's, it's a – I don't know. It's it's hit or miss. I, I tend I, I like Damian Harris. I like New England side of the day. Um, Carolina's kind of fallen off the off the path. Um, and if without a, a fully healthy Christian McCaffrey, um, they just had a hard time moving the football. Um, but I do like I, I like Myers and I like Harris today on on New England side of it. Uh, if you're looking for a, a a tight end, it's a little cheaper than than some of those other top tier guys. I've been big on Hunter Henry this year. He's been catching passes, especially in the red zone and the goal line. Um, so Hunter Henry at 4,000 is also a good play, in, in my opinion. Arden? I agree with G.I. on the Patriots players he like. And I'm like you, Phil. I think even if McCaffrey plays, he's on a pinch count. But the, the deal is, and yes, he's explosive. But if McCaffrey's a go, what's Belichick do best? Take the best part from that team away from him. So I will be fighting McCaffrey this week if he does play. How often does anyone ever say that? Not often. I think it's the first time I've ever said it. Well, I'm going to keep a close eye on things, and if he suits up and he's ready to go, he will be in my lineup. Well, in year long, in year long is different. Yeah, year long, you got to put him in. And well, arguably, the best player on the. The Panthers' side of it this weekend might still be DJ Moore. True, very true. What, what what is the price point for McCaffrey today? Eight thousand. So he's up there. Oh yeah. So just in case he plays, they're, they're going to stick him up there and make you pay for him. 
I wasn't sure where he would start out this week. Coming yeah, they got to 8,000. All right, let's move on. And we're going to hit the late games now. Chargers, Eagles, two teams that are, uh, I don't know what to make of either one of these teams, to be honest with you. And they're coming in. Justin Herbert looked like a world beater for a while. Uh, Jalen Hurts has just been really steady all year. Both these teams seem to can play at times, but sometimes lay the egg. Jeff, how do you see this one? So, I I, I like the Eagles side of it. I like Jalen Hurts. Um, last week, I don't think I've ever been so upset with a running back situation in my life as I was with the Boston Scott situation. I think that dude had like 13 touchdowns and killed every lineup I had going. Um, he's, I think he's averaging less than four points a week. And last week he got like 27. So best of luck figuring out the, uh, the, the Eagles running back situation. Um, but I, I do tend to to like the, the Eagles side of it. Um, I like Jalen Hurts. Um, I like the fact that that Goddard's by himself now. He doesn't have to compete with uh, with Ertz. Um, and I, I like Smith. Um, so if I'm if I'm going, I'm fading the the running back situation because I have no idea who's getting the football. Um, and then on the the uh, Chargers side of it, you, you have to like your typicals. You have to like Austin Eckler. Um, they're going to pass the ball a lot. Uh, the Eagles defense has been pretty good. Um, so I like them keeping the ball in the air. Um, I, I like Herbert. I like uh, Williams and Allen. Um, so those are kind of the the plays I'm, I'm leaning towards. I think I think the Chargers have to keep the ball in the air this week. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. The reason I think Scott was not scoring any points was because Miles Sanders was getting what carries they did have. And then they signed Jordan Howard who also scored two touchdowns last week and just left for game. Well, was over there by himself. He's been the second string back all year. and He sees no time till the fourth quarter. I can't figure him out. Arden, did you, did you get messed up on that game last week? Like everybody else? I'm like, gee, I've all my lines got killed because I didn't have Boston Scott in. No, I just, I mean, and Jalen Hurst always and, attractive play as much as he runs with the ball and throws it. And he gets a lot of garbage time points, too, if the team's not winning. And today, I don't think the team will be winning. Today, I think this is a get-right game. I think the Chargers have a very good game today. Yeah, that AFC West, man, it's up for grabs still. And I'm still not counting Kansas City out of it. No. They look bad, and they continue to look bad, and they kind of sneak a few wins, but it just seems like, you know, the Raiders are falling on hard times. Um, the Chargers haven't lived up to it, and Denver is just falling off the face of the earth for a while. So, you know, that that division, I don't see anybody out of there going to the Super Bowl by any means, although they may. Uh, once you get to the playoffs, it's all a different game. But, yeah, that division, it's up for grabs, and the Chargers need a win really bad right now. All right, Arizona. San Francisco at 325 today. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins questionable for this game. Haven't seen an update whether they play or not. Uh, George Kittle back for San Francisco. 
Arden, who you like in this game? Also, I think Jeff Wilson's been activated at running back. Uh, Elijah Mitchell looks like he may start this game, but uh, being questionable may not have all the carries. So how do you see this game going? Well, yeah, I've heard uh, Mitchell will probably be on a limited workload even if it goes because of the rib injury and stuff. Uh, everything I've heard said check back about an hour before kickoff to see with him, and I've got him in our fantasy league, so I will be checking on that. Uh, I read that Kyler Murray and Hopkins are both game-time decisions. So, you know, if they – you're going to have to wait the last minute to draft a lineup or put them in there, and you might have to change it last minute. Uh, I think a lot of me wants to – you know, A.J. Brown's on the – or A.J. Green's on the COVID list. So, uh, I think Christian Kirk or Rondo Moore could be good plays this week at a cheaper price. But if Kyler Murray don't play, who's throwing them the ball? Good point. I would say, uh, Geoff, do you have the answer to that? I do have the answer to that, and you're not going to like the answer to that. Um, <laughs> so I have read that as of 30 minutes ago, the Arizona's uh, uh, front office and organization is not expecting him to suit up today. Um, we'll have to see how that plays out. We'll have to watch how, the, how they announce it before game time. I don't think with that being said that you can rely on on Murray in your lineups this week. Um, so if I can't rely on Murray, then I'm definitely not going to have anybody pass catching from, from that side of the football because I don't have any trust in Colt McCoy. Colt oh. McCoy would be the guy coming in to play backup quarterback for uh, Murray. Either So I'll, I'll give you the other guy too. It's either Colt McCoy or – C. Streveler. I'm going to go say with McCoy. Yeah, me, me too. Um, so I'm if I'm playing anybody from that game today or that side of the football today, uh, I think I'm going to go with Edmonds. Um, I, I think that if if he Murray doesn't suit up um, and McCoy comes in, then they're going to rely heavily on uh, Edmonds and probably someone Connor as well. Yeah, I, I like Connor a little bit over Edmonds just for the sheer fact he seems to be getting the touches around the end zone and has scored eight, nine touchdowns this year already. And I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I, I, I don't think you can you can play – again, I, I, I'm not trusting anybody from that side of the football. Uh, and with that be – I think I just may fade this entire game today. Um, I, I, I may play some of, of uh, Wilson. It's – so – Elijah Mitchell's questionable. I, I don't know what his status is right now. Um, but ribs. There's just there's not Ribs. a lot to like in this game, guys. If 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 Murray's out, um, this be an ugly. I don't know Auburn A and M game. Uh, it's it's just not looking like it's going to be very much fun to watch. So I'm, I'm probably fading this game for today. If you, rem- if you remember earlier in the year, everybody played. And they had them all, and it was 17-10. Right. So, you know, it, it looks to be an uglier game than that. And we, being said, they will score 52 today and go over. Oh, yeah, 100%. And so, Colt McCoy will throw for 400 yards. 
I think I locked uh, Debo today. I didn't say that. I, I mean, Debo's been – he scored 16-something fantasy points against them last time. If their Arizona's offense ain't moving the ball, he's going to get more plays and stuff. So, yeah, I like Debo a little bit today. Well, I think I like uh, – I'm not sure to put him in the lineup, but Kittle, I think, makes a big difference in that San Francisco lineup. And he just makes everybody better around him. And especially without Murray, I don't know if the line's changed already. Obviously, it probably will. But around, around that minus three mark, I really like San Fran to win today. All right, going on. 325, the last afternoon game with my new quarterback, Jordan Love. <laughs> Green Bay flies into Kansas City to face the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, could be a shootout, could be a 20 to 17 game. I don't know. Geoff? So Kansas City's been so bad lately. Um, I, I have to I have to think that they kind of get back on track today. Um, I, I say that every week, it seems like now. Uh, it seems like this is a get-right game, especially with Aaron Rodgers out. I, but it's not going to play out that way. Um, I, I do think it's a high-scoring game. Um, I think there's plenty to be had. I do, as far as backup quarterbacks, tend to trust Jordan Love. Um, we all know that Green Bay – obviously has coached up some very good backup quarterbacks that have gone on to, to be great in this league. Um, so I have, I have no problem with Jordan Love. I'm not scared to, to play your, your receiving cores uh, or your receiving guys over there, Devontae Adams, Lazard. Um, I'm, I'm not going to play the tight ends at, at Green Bay for obvious reasons. I just don't get enough looks. It may change with Love, but I don't know that enough to – put that out there and say that, yeah, go ahead and play them. So I'm, I'm fading the tight ends. Um, I think you have to play Travis Kelsey this week. I mean, they Kansas City has to start moving the football. They have to score. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey's the get-right guy for him. I think that he is he is a, a athletic dude that, that does nothing but catch footballs and, and eat DBs for breakfast. Um, so I, I think you have to, to play Travis Kelsey this week. I think he's their get right guy. All right, Arden on Kansas city side, the running game, it, it's still been okay without Edwards Lair. Once again, going to be out today. We saw a guy with Gore came in last week and surprised a lot of people would be a very, very inexpensive pickup today, but I still think Daryl Williams may be the guy on that running game. What do you see in this game? I, I just can't figure out who Kansas City's going to play, so I'm not going to touch the running backs. I mean, some weeks they put McKinnon in more. Last week they brought Gore in more. Uh, I think this game could easily be a shootout. I agree with Geoff. And, I mean, I think in one of my lineups, I'm going to do a Packers stack with Jordan Love at quarterback for $4,400. And that's going to leave me a lot of money to put a lot of talent out there on the field around him. I like the way you think. Uh, you know, 4,400, if he scores me 16, 17 fantasy points. More, I'm more, 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 more. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's, and he's got one of the best receivers in the game to throw about to, Devontae Adams. And oh, by I the way, I have Devontae Adams on my team. That's why I picked up Jordan. Uh, and I sort of 
if if you want a cheap tight end, is only twenty nine hundred dollars. Tanya's on on the hour. He's done for the year. I got no problem with playing a Mercedes Lewis. One touchdown, he's made his work for you. Yeah, but one touchdown from Mercedes Lewis is, uh, I don't know. It, they are few and far between. I'm I'm not crazy about the pick, but I agree. It, with, it could work out. I agree with G. Alpha as far as this feels like a Kelsey game. I mean, he hasn't had a good game in a couple of weeks. I think you got to have some Kelsey in your lineup. Uh, Green Bay's best cornerback is out hurt. So that makes Hill and Hardman attractive. I mean, you're just picking the right pieces. It's hard to because Kansas City's got so many weapons, it's hard to pick the right pieces. But I think any of them are valuable plays. Kansas City right now is like a jigsaw puzzle that you pour out of a box and hope the right pieces are upright where you can see them. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just picking blind. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like Kansas City is going to go back back to the basics of what got them going and what got them started and what made them such a potent offense. I, I think that in order to do that, they've got to start finding uh, uh, Kelsey and Hill. They go back to what they do. Um, and I think and that opens right. up everything else. I think this game will be a shootout. Uh, as a, you know, I gave you the option earlier, but I think on my side, I think it's a shootout today. Before we leave this game, Geoff, I'm going to ask you to start this. How does the league deal with Aaron Rodgers now? We all know that he broke protocol with the COVID. Uh, he's not vaccinated. He used the word he was immunized. and But he goes to press conferences. League protocol says if you're not vaccinated, you must wear a mask. He never wore a mask. One, one violation of that is like a $14,000, $15,000 fine. He did it over and over and over. The organization knew he was doing this, but since he's Aaron Rodgers, he seems to be above everything. Does the league crack down on him and the and the Packers? Uh, I think I think they should. Um, what? Let me let me start this over. So I have I have no problem with people who need to get back or want to get vaccinated. People who don't want to get vaccinated. In this particular instance, this was not about being vaccinated or unvaccinated. It was about him flat out lying. Yes. Um, that's that's the biggest aspect of it. Um, had he flat out, had he come out and said he was not uh, vaccinated and wore the mask and, and did the thing you're supposed to do, um, then there's no problem. If, if he got vaccinated and it was true, no problem. Um, but him lying and, and then skating by, um, knowing what he was doing and knowing that he was breaking protocol, uh, I've got a big problem with because if anybody else does that, um, that's not named, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or your big names that bring the money into the league, um, then they would, they would crack down hard, suspend, fine, everything else. Uh, I think this being uh, a big money making name, um, a, a big money-making team, a, a playoff race, bringing—you know—it's it's all monetary-based. It's all money-based, and it's—I don't think you're going to see the league do much of anything about it. Um, I think too that the Packers seem to just let it go themselves because I don't think they wanted to rock the boat with Aaron Rodgers any more than what was done before the beginning of the season. 
I agree. And, you know, they're overlooking everything as well. That's why I think the league may step in, not necessarily maybe on Aaron Rodgers, but I think they're going to hit the Packers. Arden, do you think you got any opinion on this? Well, I heard, and it's just rumor listening to sports talk radio and stuff this week. I heard that the league is looking into it and what could possibly happen is uh, Aaron Rodgers could receive a big fine but not be suspended in games. That way it don't mess with the playoffs or anything. And Green Bay could lose some draft picks. Yeah, that's a possibility. And I've also read that Kirk Cousins also did the same thing in a media room without a mask on, and he's unvaccinated. So now they may have to go back and start looking at films. If we're going to go back and say who did it, who didn't, you know, I think the league has skated by right now and didn't want to press this issue because of the whole vaccination, un, you know, vaccinated, unvaccinated thing. I could care less. I have I have no issue whichever way you wanted to go in life. But when there's protocols out there just for my job, your job or an NFL job, I think you got to go by those rules. And when you lie about it blatantly yeah. and nothing's done, I mean, why not keep doing it? And, and, and my, my big thing on that, just from a personal standpoint, is if, if I've got to wear a mask at certain times making the money that I make, then you making the money that you make, do what you're supposed to do. Don't make this any harder than it is. If you have to go to the sideline and put a mask on, go to the sideline and put a mask on. It's that I, easy. I totally agree with that. I mean, if you're going to tell me I have to wear a mask to get on an airplane, guess what I'm going to do? I'm wear, a mask. wear a mask to get on an airplane. Uh, you know, and if I don't, they're not going to let me on that plane. But it seems like the NFL just lets you do whatever you want to. So I think this story is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're going to find out more people that may have should have should have been punished before now. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But I we'll definitely see. We'll definitely see what precedent they set forward at this point in time. And we'll yeah, see. What I it think means. the precedent is, is going to have to do one thing or the other. There's the can't be a gray area here all right what do we got left here we got some night games uh we've already done the tennessee rams game which is sunday night we started out with that one monday night's the only game we got left the hapless bears offense goes into pittsburgh with a pretty good defense uh pittsburgh seems like they may be getting a few things going here uh Najee harris has just been so steady all year as a rookie uh, Roethlisberger, I think he's on his last leg, but can, can he pull him through and get him to the playoffs again? Arden? Well, I mean, this game here is a big game, in my opinion, for Pittsburgh to try and get to the playoffs. You can't let the hapless Bears come in and uh, do away with uh, get a win on you. That, that'll that hurt your playoff shots in a heartbeat. Uh I sort of like uh, Deontay Johnson in this game. I think he could have a very big game. Uh, not you brought up Najee Harris. I mean, he's just been doing everything out of that backfield. Uh, Bears play their kicker, maybe. <laughs> Who else do you play off that team? Uh, but you know, <laughs> the tight end and his name is escaping me right now, and I can't find it. <laughs> Uh, he caught a touchdown pass last week. He's a Freerman. rookie. 
experiments. Yeah, he would be a very good play, I think. He's look, getting more targets each week, stepping up. Uh, I think he's a good play. I'm going to probably play Pittsburgh's defense in my lineup. I just don't believe the Bears can do anything against it. Justin Fields is going to face a very strong pass rush. All right, GF. Monday night showdown. So, again, like Arden said, I'm I'm going to play Pittsburgh's defense. Um, I'm as far as Chicago goes. I, I don't know what kind of disaster they're running over there right now. Um, it seems like a new disaster each week. So stay tuned if you like that kind of thing. Um, but it's yeah, their kicker maybe for a, for a showdown lineup. We have to play somebody. Um, I, I don't. I don't hate Allen Robinson this weekend. Um, I, I think they have to go somewhere with the football. Somebody's got to catch something somewhere. Um, if you – let's see. I want to say I like Khalil Herbert from a uh, – just a volume standpoint. I, I think he'll get the ball. Uh, but Pittsburgh's defense has been so good. I think if they key in on that, then, then if they can't run the football – They've got to throw it. They're not throwing it very well anyways. I I, I hate all sides of Chicago. Um, I, I do like Deontay Johnson on Pittsburgh's side. And like you said, Phil, uh, Najee's been just the the poster child of consistency. Um, so I think you have to have to stay with him too. But I, I don't – Cleveland or uh, Chicago side, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I think we all agree on this. Everything – every five of your six plays probably on the Pittsburgh side this week. Yeah, at least four. Yeah. All right. Well, we've wrapped up through the, the NFL schedule for this week. Uh, a lot of topics out there other than off the field. Uh, one other thing that we didn't bring up, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I just wanted to touch on this for a minute. Uh, we talked about the Cleveland game, but how often does a grown man's father cost him a job? At least this once. Um <laughs> This this reminds me of uh, uh, what was dude's name uh, the the Ball brothers over in NBA oh, Lavar Ball and Lavar uh, that 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 dude he he's finally gotten out of the media but he he caused so much strife for for his sons in the NBA um, and then OBJ's dad said hold my beer and watch this and and got his son fired so um, I, I don't. It's something you shouldn't see. He never should have posted that. What he posted talking about the the disconnect between him and Baker Mayfield. Uh, yeah, it's 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 sad, but at the same time, I don't feel bad for OBJ because he's caused enough problems in locker rooms that he's been in. So, uh, I mean, he'll find a place somewhere because teams need uh, wide receivers. Well, you know where he will take it. He'll find a place at New England because that's where people like he get. I agree. That is uh, the, the, the Bill Belichick uh, uh, hammer fist will come down on, on that right there. And if you can't make it in New England, then you can't make it in football. Well, he'll get one shot in New England, just like several people have. And, and Belichick will either – you'll either straighten up or you will hit the road. Arden, yeah. you got any thoughts on OBJ? Uh, just he's all his stuff has been negative the last few years in the media. So I have no sympathy for him. And I – you know, grow up and go play football. You get paid to play a game. If you have a bad 
quarterback ever throws you, it happens. I totally agree. All right, guys, we, we've gone a little over today, but I've had a good time uh, yeah. over an hour and a half. Uh, let's get some final thoughts. Arden, you got any thoughts you'd like to throw out for what's happened this week or anything coming up in the next week? Well, I got some breaking news here. Jordan Love out with COVID. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Arden. I'm just kidding, Phil. Just kidding. I know you are, Arden. I know you are. <laughs> no, I mean, you oh, know, the NFL games that are going to make a difference come playoffs uh, next week. There's some big matchups in a college coming up soon. Just we're, we're about to be into the prime time where you got to win. Well, I think there, I think there's several teams in that boat already. I mean, Nick Saban said in an interview yesterday, he said we've been in the playoffs for three weeks already. So yep. I, I think once you get to that point, yeah, it, it's it's do or die. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams in there with one loss, but if you have two, that's going to be an awfully tough road to get in that top four. Yep. Geoff, anything from you? Last words. Uh, we, we touched base pretty well in college. The only thing uh, uh, NFL-wise, um, if you're a fan of good football or a fan of, of divisional races, um, pay attention to the AFC West and AFC North. Those are going to be the most entertaining races moving forward uh, for the uh, playoff spots. Um, so we've got some pretty good games for those two divisions going today. So it, it's going to be fun to watch moving forward. Yeah, I brought up the AFC West earlier. I also think that NFC West, man. Uh, between uh, the Rams and Cardinals, although I think the Rams ultimately are going to come out of that division. And uh, with that defense, they're as Arden said earlier, they're going to make a run at the Super Bowl right now. And uh, this is their time. Yeah, with the moves they've made, they're definitely making that run. They're going to try now. Yep. All right, guys, had a great time. Uh, thanks, everybody that has tuned in and will watch the podcast. Thank you for tuning in to that. For Victory Formation, I'm Phil Dye, along with Giob Miller and Arden Scroggins, and we're going to call it a morning. Good luck with your fantasy on Sunday. <laughs>